This is Inside Purple and Gold. Hey, welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. Jace Frederick back with Dane Mizutani. Dane, how was the woods? Jace, I made it out alive. That That's the main thing. Um, I listened to the podcast the other day. I really appreciated your genuine concern for me um, and in, in the deep in the sticks. Um, I will say I had service. I texted you a couple of times to let know, you know I was... Surprise. I was alive, but it was <laughs> there. It was no joke. I mean, we needed to take a boat to get to the cabin and a quick side story before we get into the Vikings. We didn't have a boat the first night when we got there, so we didn't have a boat to the next morning. So we were driving around this town like, how the heck do we get to the front door of this this cabin? And uh, well, we needed a boat. So uh, a, a kind local man shuttled us by night to the to the cabin across the across the lake and uh other than that that was the only hiccup it was a great trip did you consider swimming at any point uh no i was ready to drive home before we swim <laughs> across the lake I, that was my solution i was like oh we just go home so no but it was it was it was awesome it was nice to get away and uh shout out to chad graff for for filling in with us really appreciated that Loved your little reenactment of of you being Matt Patricia. Thought thought that was that was hilarious. So it's all good. We're back ready to go though. I thought I was a better Matt Patricia than Chad was a Chad Graff. Um, but yeah, we appreciate Chad coming on. If you missed that episode, it aired over the weekend. Um, if you missed that in your Labor Day celebrations, go ahead and check that out. Uh, Chad brought a lot of insight from what from his last four years covering this team before heading out to New England and what he thinks of this upcoming Viking season. He's actually pretty positive on this team. Uh, has I think set a 10 win expectation for them thinks the offense can be really, really good. Uh, and I think his perspective was good in just getting the, the somebody coming in from the 30,000 feet, kind of a global mm-hmm. view. Um, and, and, you know, maybe not getting so caught up in like the day to day in, Oh, this happened to practice today. Let's overreact to it. Uh, you know, having people like Chad come in and say, well, I just think I look at the roster and I think this and this, um, and I think we're going to go over some of that today. We're going to get into, predictions uh we'll get to that at the end of the show our predictions for this season uh, and then a lot of this time is going to be spent with what should qualify as a good season for the vikings what should be viewed as success what would be a good season for kevin o'connell for kirk cousins maybe for the defense um get into all these different things of what should equal success and then we will wrap it up with what we think is actually going to play out uh thursday is going to be more green bay centric as we look ahead to the actual week one matchup but dane before i think i thought before we got into like what is success? Let's look at, and I wrote a bunch of these down, national folks, um, people at all their outlets, you know, where they make all of their NFL season predictions. Mm-hmm. A lot of those are out um, and maybe where they stand with the Vikings. I'll read through some of them um, and you can provide thoughts at the end of it. Um, let's start with Peter King. Um, maybe like maybe one of the most notable NFL writers there is. He picked the Vikings to go 11 and six, not when the division finished one game back of Green Bay, and then suffer a first-round loss to the Vikings. Uh, Sporting News, 10-7, and a seven seed and a first-round loss. Four games get back of Green Bay, so not in divisional contention, but a playoff berth. ESPN, um, there was no specific record thing, but they did take the over on nine wins, which puts you again probably as a playoff team. And the bold prediction was that the Vikings would lead the NFL in scoring, something we've talked about them maybe being in contention to do. Uh, the Athletic, 100% of their expert panel picked Green Bay to win the division, but 54% did pick Minnesota to make the playoffs. Uh, CBS's John Breach put the Vikings at 10-7. and seven. It's a playoff team, but two big games back of Green Bay. Not everybody was super positive. Sports Illustrated 8-9 and nine has the Vikings missing the playoffs by tiebreaker. 
And then uh, the ringer, I've never known how to say this guy's name. Shale, do you know how to say the last name? Nope. Shale Kapadia. Uh, his bold prediction was that the Vikings go 11-6 and six and win the division. And at the end of his blurb about this, he said, I already hate myself for this. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I think that's kind of what I've seen. Like, yes, there were not everybody was all in on the Vikings, but I think it's a team where people look at Kevin O'Connell. They think, okay, offensive-minded head coach. There's a lot of weapons there. Like, it is that 30,000-foot view and saying – there should be something here. Um, and it's it's like a fun, like sexy pick to make the playoffs and at least push Green Bay. And I think it's fun to say like Green Bay, you know, is in trouble with Minnesota potentially behind them. Uh, there are other pe- things people like. Like I was watching uh, Good Morning Football on NFL Network last week and they were doing some kind of, you know, bolder predictions and whatnot. And Pete Schrager does his top 10 breakout players in the NFL every year. And Christian Darrisaw, offensive tackle, was number three. Number three in the top, like, linemen out of his breakout players. Kyle Brandt did a bold fantasy football prediction. And Kirk Cousins was leading all quarterbacks in fantasy scoring this year. I don't know if that's likely. He doesn't run the ball. But, like, people, it's exciting. It's sexy to pick Viking things. Um, so, I think that's kind of the outside scope here is optimism uh, people look at this team and think like there could be better days ahead um and and i know that's maybe not always a tone that we've carried on this show so it's important to put out there uh, that that things could take a turn for the better what do you think of all of this and kind of the national view of this team heading into the season i think the fact that nationally the vikings are seen as a team that could take a jump it, it really makes sense with how everything is kind of laid out this offseason right like i think from the time that the Rams won the Super Bowl to the time that Kevin O'Connell accepted the job, it was seen as like a perfect match with all the people that all, for all the different coaches that they interviewed. Obviously, the Jim Harbaugh was was the other option. It seemed like Kevin O'Connell was the best match and the person who wanted to make Kirk Cousins succeed the most. So I think now that we're six months into this thing later, it makes sense that people have been able to kind of download that information, see it, uh, kind of take in OTAs, take in minicamp, which Kirk Cousins was very present at, um, very vocal at, and and kind of take it to tra- training camp in, in the preseason. And I think it all makes sense that now when we get to the regular season, people are thinking, okay, this could be a perfect match. Because six months ago, it felt like that. I think six months later, it still feels like that. There's no reason not to. I think we talked a lot about the training camp and how there was no drama, how they got through it kind of perfectly unscathed, minus an Irv Smith injury, which he will be ready for week one. So I think everything we thought back in, you know, January, February, we're still thinking now. And I think that's why everyone kind of sees them as, as a pick to, you know, a sexy, trendy pick to to kind of take a jump because the team was joyless under Mike Zimmer. The team has joy again. I don't want to, you know, be too Hallmark movie channel about this and be like, ah, well, if you enjoy coming to work, you're going to be really good at football. But I do think there is something to that. And I think all of that has kind of been a perfect culmination heading into week one here against Green Bay. There have been a number of pieces that came out. And there's another one this week, this last week here about the joylessness of last year and Mike Zimmer and being too hard on guys and whatnot. And and the turnaround now with Kevin O'Connell, I will say with that, my one warning, and I, I, I a hundred percent think it can be true. And that might hold up all year is that it's really easy to have joy at the beginning of the year when nothing's happened, when you face no adversity, when you've lost no games, when it's all just feels fresh and new, 
Um, and we'll see what happens when this team loses games, when they blow a lead, uh, when when things get into a rough patch. Does that carry over? Because for the good teams, not necessarily do you have to be happy when you're losing, but you have to remain confident um, and you have to stay true to who you are. And I think that's what the best teams do. And we'll see if this team can do it. But we talk about making a leap, Dane. And I guess for me, I was wondering, what do you consider like, what would you say is a successful season for Minnesota? Um, is it simply making the playoffs? Is that type of benchmark for you? Is it like, oh, you've got to reach the NFC Conference title game? Like, or is it maybe something even less results-based? Like, how do you view what is going to be a successful season in your mind for the 2022 Minnesota Vikings? As much as I want to get into the abstract and be like, well, as long as everyone feels like they're meshing and, you know, you can see real growth. Like smiles. Per no, game. I can't. Yeah, I can't do that. Like uh, success for this team is absolutely making the playoffs. And I think 10 wins, like the fact that the Vegas over under is nine and a half seems fair. I think if they hit the over, they make the playoffs. If they're, if they're under that, they probably don't. If they, you know, I think 10 wins probably gets you into the playoffs. Nine wins. I think you're really, you're, probably, you're in a tiebreaker. I'd probably with yeah. nine wins. Yeah. So I, I think you're, the expectation or like the benchmark baseline is like, okay, will this win? Will this team win nine games or will it win 10 games? I think they, they are fully capable of winning 10 games. I think that should be their expectation. I think if they do not, I think you can look at the the season as a failure. Like I think Kevin O'Connell has been brought in obviously as this quarterback's whisperer, that's going to get the most out of Kirk cousins, blah, blah, blah. I think that's possible. Moreover though, this was a team that could have gone the route of the Chicago Bears this offseason and t- like torn it down, could have could have rebuilt, could have taken said, we're going to take a step back for the next year, year and a half, two years with hopes of being better in the future. They didn't do that. The Wilf said, we want to be very competitive. We think this roster is great, blah, blah, blah. Quasi came in, said the same thing. Kevin O'Connell came in, said the same thing. So I think you got to make the playoffs like, or you're going to have egg on your face at the end of the year. Kind of what people saying, well, like, were you a little overconfident? Was there too much hubris internally with this, this team and this roster? I think if you don't make the playoffs, you leave yourself susceptible for a lot of criticism at the end of the year. That being said, I think this team is capable and and, and talented enough to do that. But I think as long as you're making the playoffs and then kind of seeing what happens from there, I think making the playoffs in the first year under Kevin O'Connell signifies growth even if you were to get bounced in the first round, I think you can at least say, all right, we, we are building something here. There is something, you know, a positive direction or a positive momentum, you know, with this new regime. If you get bounced in the first round, you know, I'm just going down a rabbit hole. Obviously that, that leaves room for what do we do with Kirk cousins, blah, blah, blah. But I think you need to make the playoffs. I think that's, that's success and anything else is failure. Yeah. I'll, I think it definitely has to include the playoffs. Um, my formula for success this year, uh, you have to make the postseason. It's not that hard. There are seven teams that make it per conference. Um, this is true in just about every pro sport, but you just have to be adequate. You don't have to be great. And this roster should be adequate. Um, and if they don't, then something probably went really wrong, just like it did last year and, and the year before that. So like, make the playoffs for sure. But I think for me, it really has to be how you get there as well. Um, how we're feeling about the team as it, gets to the tail end of the season, even if it's like a first round loss, that's fine. As long as you see room for growth, as long as it doesn't feel like the team is maxed out, 
as long as uh, fans literally like the day after the season ends, they start thinking about the possibilities for 2023. I don't think anybody when 2021 ended was like, yeah, here we go. 2022 is right around the corner. Can't wait. Um, it was more like, oh, almost kind of relieved to be done watching that team play. Uh, like, so I think for Minnesota, it's okay. Does Kevin O'Connell show growth um, as a, as a head coach? Do you see like a direction he's going in? How do like, how does like Andrew Booth Jr. And Lewis seen, do, do they look like impact players on the defensive side of the ball? Um, Christian Darisaw, Ed Ingram, do they look like legit pillars of an offensive line? That's going to be good for the next five, six years. It can't be like, well, Kirk had a pretty good year. Um, Adam Thielen had, you know, at 32 put together a really nice season. Harrison Smith had a really nice year. Um, Eric Kendricks played well. I don't know how much more football they have left in them, but but they the veterans really stepped up and carried the team to 10 wins in a first-round bounce, and I really feel like they maximized what they could do at this point in their careers because that, frankly, is like what it's felt like too much in the past. Um, I, I know when they when they beat the Saints and they lost to the 49ers, I was like, I don't know how much farther this team can go, um, and, and it kind of showed out. Um, frankly, the next year they were worse. <laughs> Um, you've seen this. You've covered the Minnesota Wild enough to know like that when an aging veteran team gets to the playoffs and gets dumped, um, there's just not that much joy in it. Um, where when a youthful team rises up, maybe surprises, or like you see young guys emerge as leaders of a team and they get bounced like the Wild did, um, like the Timberwolves did this last year, that's what gets people excited. That's what gets people thinking about, okay, what's next? Where are we going from here? It feels like ascension. It doesn't feel like peaking. Um, so that's what I think. I think not only do they need to make the playoffs, and even if they lose right away, that's fine. It has to feel like they're ascending, though. Um, and a lot of that is young players stepping up. A lot of that is guys finding like their way in the NFL in Kevin O'Connell's new system. You know, so I think that's what I need to see. Not it has to be certain guys. It has to be a certain way that they do it. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because we've seen a lot of teams get carried by veterans. Um, it, it's okay for your young guys to step up. You saw Justin Jefferson do that his rookie year. Um, you saw glimpses of it with Christian Darisaw, but it, you're right. It would be nice if you could see Christian Darisaw take a leap and be like, okay, the Vikings have a legitimate left tackle for the next decade. Okay, Lewis Seen, he, he looks like a legitimate playmaker. You know, I, I think you're right when you say like a lot of the teams of past have been Oh, well, the guys who have always done it continue to be good, and that's why the Vikings were good. Yes, you, you do need to see those young guys step up. And I, I, I think playoffs is a benchmark of, of showing that ascension that you're talking about. I think if you show the ascension and the young guys step up, but you miss the playoffs, I think like at the end of the day, you still kind of look at it like, okay, that wasn't that good of a year. Because to your other point, it's not that hard to make the playoffs. You can make it at 9-8, and eight, especially with the extra team added. With especially the NFC. Exactly. So while you probably don't want to get into the nine and eight tiebreaker, will we get in? Won't we get in? You can. So even if the Vikings go below their under in Vegas, they, they could theoretically make the playoffs even more reason that you have to make the playoffs for this to be a successful season. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk more specific individuals. Kevin O'Connell, what's a good season look like for him? What's a good season look like for Kirk Cousins? Uh, a little bit on what a good season looks like for the defensive group uh, right back after this.